So Money episode 835, Jacqueline Malone, host of the Go To Gal podcast. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. It wasn't until I discovered podcasts that I was even presented with the idea of, wow, I could have my own business from home and I could build something and and explore that creative side of me, but also get my kids off the bus every day. Like that just blew my mind. It's no surprise that our guest today and I have become fast friends. She and I share a similar drive when it comes to pursuing our careers, but but we also don't want our careers to come at the expense of spending quality time with our families. And I think that's something that we can all relate to. Welcome back to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Our guest today is Jacqueline Malone, who's not just a friend, but a business partner too. She and I run the So Money Podcast Accelerator. It's a 12-week group coaching program that we designed to help people launch their podcasts or grow an existing podcast. And we're currently enrolling students. So if you're interested to learn more, go to somoneypodcast.com and click on the button on the right that says launch or grow your podcast with Farnoosh. It's the button on the right-hand side. Now, Jacqueline is a marketing and mindset mentor. She hosts the Go-To Gal podcast, formerly called the All Up In Your Lady Biz podcast. Recently, the show has gone through a reboot, a rebrand. So she's here to talk about that. I was actually on that podcast this past Monday, so be sure to check it out. Also in this episode, Jacqueline and I dive into how she supports female business owners to take their brands and their businesses to the next level, how positivity has been proven to be her number one strength, and how as a mother of two, torn between her desire to parent and work full time, Jacqueline came up with, I think, a brilliant strategy to do both all while saving herself time and money. It's a financial hack for the books. Here's Jacqueline Malone. Jacqueline Malone, my friend, welcome to So Money. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I mean, we've been pretty uh, attached at the hip for the past uh, nine months. We were, we kind of were introduced and that was it. We like, you know, the stars aligned and um, I'm happy to call you a friend and a business partner. But interestingly enough, I don't know a whole lot about your financial mindset or your career background. I know that you're um, excellent at what you do as a mindset and marketing mentor and as a podcaster and as a mom and as an entrepreneur. So I want to dive into all of those things with you and I'm really excited to share your latest news with our audience, which is that your podcast has relaunched in the new year. Go to gal. Let's start there. Tell us about that and um, what you're hoping to accomplish with the, with the show. 
I am so excited. So I've been a podcaster now for over three years, over 300 episodes, and it feels kind of crazy to be going back to episode one, right? But it really, I had to mark that it was a new beginning. I completely rebranded. I was doing a podcast with a co-host, which was so fun over the past couple of years, but we were both ready to really go and do our own thing. And that's exactly what GoToGal is. And I feel like I've been able to really bring all of my brand under that umbrella. And it's funny how when something presents itself, I just started thinking so much bigger for it. So I'm really excited to have the platform to not just share other go-to gals in their space and really share what women are doing and how they're growing their businesses and growing their personal brands and building profitable personal brands and really what goes on behind the scenes to make that happen, but also sharing the behind the scenes of my business, sharing some of my best strategies and tips and sharing my clients, doing some on-air coaching calls, all the things. So it's been a lot of fun. Launching it has been a just, I don't know, it's like put some new energy into the air. It's a new year. It's a new podcast. And it's been a lot of fun. Well, let's go behind the scenes a little bit about your, um, your, you know, just journey and um, how you yourself became the go-to gal in your category as a marketing and mindset mentor, as someone who, I mean, I look at you as somebody who just gets S-H-I-T done. <laughs> you help me get that way. And just, just to give listeners a quick um, summary of how you and I work together. Jacqueline and I co-lead a podcast program called So Money Podcast Accelerator. Some of you have taken it. Some of you have applied. Some of you have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, but it's in a really fun um, coaching program that she and I developed to help people who want to launch a show, a podcast, a quality podcast. We do it in 12 weeks hence the accelerator title. And uh, she and I kind of, you know, manage the, the group together. And this February, February 4th, will be our next launch of the podcast accelerator. And happy to say that this time we're inviting not just people who want to launch podcasts, but if you already have a podcast and you just feel like you're not doing enough with it, or you want to do more, you want it to get more traction, you want to make money, all the things. We also are reserving some spots for those people. It's a small group. We're not looking to scale this and, and help, you know, millions of people. We want to be able to give as much undivided attention as possible to make it a really high touch program. So if you're interested, shameless plug, go to somoneypodcast.com, you know, the site for this podcast and very easy on the right hand corner or bottom corner, there is a button called uh, grow or launch, launch or grow your podcast with Farnoosh. Click that. And then you'll get to learn more about the accelerator. Um, so if you want to apply, please do. Now's the time to do it. We're in the midst of talking to everybody who wants to apply. It's going to be limited seats, but we'd love to hear from you if you're interested. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I will also say just because, you know, Jacqueline, you're you and the podcast program has done so well. I want to thank you for keeping me accountable to get this up and running. This was just, I had a seed of an idea. I met Jacqueline. She told me how to do it and how to do it well. And I feel like you've been my go-to gal for up-leveling my business. So thank you. Oh, I'm honored. Well, you have so much expertise. What you've done with so many has been incredibly inspiring. And people that want to create 
a podcast like that, like, why not learn from the best, right? I love that it's so different than anything else out there. It's not just about the tactics of like tech, but really about how to create a podcast that grows a brand. And it's been really cool to be a part of it. So I'm honored. Well, thanks. And, And so let's talk a little bit about your journey to becoming the Jacqueline Malone of today as a mother, as someone who also has built this business from home to some extent. Um, take us behind the scenes. And did you always have this vision or has it kind of you've been building the plane as you've been flying it? So I, my dad had his own business. Well, you know, he is in commercial real estate. So he worked for another company for a big portion of his career, but always had a lot of independence with that. And then he started his own business. I actually helped him with that in 2004. And he was always very entrepreneurial. And I always aspired to be like my dad. And my mom will joke like, how did I raise you to be him? Like we're very similar in personalities. But my mom was a stay at home mom. And I loved having her as a stay at home mom, I would get off the bus. And I was the kid that would just sit at the counter and tell her like every excruciating detail of my day. And I always wanted to be that mom for my kids too. So I was always torn. Like, do I follow my ambitions like my dad? And that's kind of what my personality lended itself to. But I always saw myself as being that stay at home mom, although the reality of being a stay at home mom just does not fit my personality, (laughs) all the all the other things that go with being a stay at home mom. So I was always torn. And I always thought that I would have to choose. So for a long time, I was a entrepreneur, I had a lot of ideas, I helped my dad start his business. I worked behind the scenes with several local entrepreneurs with pretty big businesses online. And it wasn't until I discovered podcasts that I was even presented with the idea of, wow, I could have my own business from home and I could build something and and explore that creative side of me, but also get my kids off the bus every day. Like that just blew my mind. I know what you mean about being able to be present for the drop off. I felt like one day I got to change a call around and be there for my son at drop off. It was his first day of school and I just felt like all the stars had aligned, you know, (laughs) like all my hard efforts had paid off for this one moment to be able to choose that for myself and for our family ultimately. Um, I'm jumping around a little bit, but I I, uh, want to should have fast forward to this uh, moment that you had. I know this because you told me this one time when we were having dinner and I was like, this has to be on the podcast. But there was a decision that you made, which I think is re- was really rewarding, but not intuitive for many people around this sort of debate of how to afford childcare and grow your business at the same time. There's only so much money to go around. And like you just already mentioned, you had one part of you wanting to be very present at home and another part of you knowing that you had all these ambitions, professional ambitions. So take us to that moment. What did you decide to do and how has it paid off? Sure. So when I, just a little bit of context, when I started my business, uh, shortly after I found out I was pregnant with baby number two. So my oldest child, my daughter was my inspiration to start a business of like, okay, I have a child now. Let me make this happen. And, and then kind of surprise baby number two, which I always wanted, but maybe wouldn't have planned at that very moment, uh, was part of this. Like I was literally growing a baby and growing my business at the same time. So I was a pretty new business owner then. And I had planned on 
when he was born, taking some time off. And I had some things automated. So I still had money coming in during those months. But I had planned on it about three months getting a nanny or sending him to some type of daycare or something along those lines. I had planned on going back. At that point, when I was pregnant, between my mom helping out and preschool, my daughter was basically in full-time care outside of the home. So I was really working full-time at that point and hadn't really created that life of like, you know, getting her off the proverbial bus because there wasn't a bus at that point in time. (laughs) Uh, So it wasn't until after Marshall was born and that three months came up and I think we knew we were only going to have two kids. So I like he was also like the baby. Right. And I started interviewing nannies and I just wanted someone part time at that point. Um, I was really excited to get back into work. I actually found I during my quote unquote maternity leave, it was one of the most creative times for me, I think, because I slowed down so much, right? So all that white space, just like my head just flooded with ideas and creativity. I just didn't have the the sleep or the, or the so I wasn't able to actually implement any of those ideas at that time, but I was really inspired and creative to, to change things and to grow things. And I was excited to really dive back into the business and grow it again. And so I started, you know, all the ways you go, I was putting the word out to get nannies. I was looking online and all these different places. Um, He was so little still. I wasn't ready to put him into traditional daycare yet. And I just couldn't find the right person. And at the same time, I started looking at my list of things that I had to do when there was a launch coming up and all these pieces for it. Like even if I had a nanny 40 hours a week right now, I don't think I could use that time to write this big, long sales page or to figure out all this tech stuff I need to do. And looking at this to-do list that I had, I'm like, I am just so tired. I'm not sleeping through the night. I'm nursing and all these things. And so I started to price out what it would look like to hire out those things. Instead of hiring help for home, I started looking at the budget and saying like, you know what, maybe I could take this money I was going to put into a nanny and put it into start building out my team. Because at the time I just had, had one assistant and I really didn't, I wasn't really outsourcing a lot of things on my team. So I started shifting the way I was thinking. And that was such a pivotal moment in time. And I started hiring. I think I got a little addicted to hiring, but I, I love the baby stage. I was able to keep Marshall home with me for 10 months uh, with a little bit of help from my mom, but without having to bring a nanny in or do childcare and just by hiring out for my team. And a lot of times they were way better at things than I was. So it made so much sense. And when I was doing that and I started looking at my taxes the next year and going through things and, and looking at you know, my daughter's childcare and, and how much we spent and and then looking at these business expenses, like I can write off a hundred percent of my business expenses. But childcare I'm capped at like $2,100 or something right. ridiculous, even though we're spending like fifteen dollars or $18,000, something insane, right? <laughs> but we're only allowed to write off $2,100. I'm like, this is really interesting. And so I had already kind of leaned into that of like, okay, this is how I, instead of me trying to do everything, let me bring another go-to gals to do some of this stuff that isn't my area of expertise so I can focus on just what I do best. But then I realized like, wow, from a financial situation, this makes so much sense. I can write 
this all off. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. When you told me that, my, my, my head exploded. I was like, oh, that's, that's so brilliant. And, uh, I mean, there is the childcare, um, credit tax credit that you can get. But like to your point, it's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's smaller than potentially the tax write-off of writing off all your business expenses. And if you are, this I think works best for mothers and fathers who feel a little kind of like not sure about whether they want to be stay-at-home parents or working. And is there a, is there a system they can create? And you kind of hacked a financial strategy here, which is that, you know, spend more on growing your business, outsourcing a lot of the work, finding the people to do the things for you to grow the business so that you can have more time to yourself to um, whether you want to use that towards the business or towards your family is your choice now. And you Absolutely. just sort of bought yourself the freedom of having um, the, the, the gift of time, which then you put back into being a mom and a parent, which I think is so wonderful. What a great story. Yeah, so I kind of leveled it off with I'm at 20, I have about 26 hours of childcare now between daycare and uh, my mom helping out and, and everything. And that seems to be a good amount of time for me to work on, you know, recording for the podcast, for me to create content, for me to manage my team and, and, you know, do all the meetings I need to do and all of that stuff, coach my clients. And, and the rest of the time, I really, it's like, Every time I, I come up against like, I don't have enough time. I'm like, that means I need to hire. <laughs> that means I'm mm-hmm. doing too much mm-hmm. and really checking in with myself. And that I, I do. I feel like it's a good balance of having the time where I feel like I'm part of my kids' lives and, and having that kind of flexibility there, but also enough time in the business because I love growing my business and I wouldn't want to just be home full time. How did you get to be so good at marketing and mindset and all of that? How, what, what, what do you credit for learning all of that, all those skill sets? From a culmination of places. Well, with marketing, it's my background. So I went Mm -hmm. to school for graphic media publishing, and I just always had an interest for business and marketing. And it was kind of cool that while I was in college, my dad was starting his business. And at the time, I'm like, well, if you're leaving your job, I'm leaving my job. I was actually a manager at a telemarketing company at the time. And so I had had some experience with like direct, like I was a telemarketer for a period of time that I was their in-house trainer and, and managing. And even at that age, it was kind of cool to be. I was like 19 years old and managing people twice my age. So that was some interesting experience in the early days. And that's another podcast. That's a whole other podcast. So then I helped my dad start his business, which was commercial real estate brokerage. And he had really built his whole business at that point on relationships and relationship marketing. And I don't know if he would use that term, but that's really what it was. And so getting to work so closely with him and helping him get started from the ground up and and how we were building relationships, how he, you know, he, he sells through story and it's just who he is, right? I mean, he's Italian. It's, you know, we tell stories and, and, but that's how he was able to really build relationships with clients and tell them the story of, we weren't just looking at land or buildings, but there was stories of why people would want to grow their business in a certain place. And I think that just got ingrained in me and I was able to mix that with what I was learning at school. So I worked with him for a little bit outside of school, but then I was like, okay, dad, this is your thing. See, the thing with my dad is he (laughs) wakes up every single morning with the passion to get to work. Like you can't even believe, like he loves what he do. And when I was working with him, he'd want to talk about business first thing in the morning or 10 o'clock at night or on the weekends. And I'm like, dad, 
that. I don't want to talk about it. And, but I would look at him and I would see this like excitement and passion towards what he do. And I'm like, that's what I want. Right. And you almost think like, well, if I hang around him enough, if I'm in the business, right, it's gonna, it's gonna rub off on me. But the thing is, I'm just not passionate about real estate. Right. But I, but I craved that passion. And when I found, online marketing. And when I found my business and my space, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. I could talk about it. Call me in the middle of the night and I'll get up to talk about business, right? So it was just, I had to find my own thing. I was so inspired by him, but real estate just wasn't it for me. So then I went out and I started doing marketing for quote unquote, smaller businesses, but people really, you know, doing some big things online, doing a little bit with personal branding and marketing and all different things like that. And it kind of was a culmination that led to me being able to start my own business. Uh, I tell you, I think in a past life, I would have been a real estate agent. I'm obsessed with real estate. I don't know. I feel like I was Barbara Corcoran in a past life. That's that's a very high um, evaluation of myself, but I... I, I would be, I would be that into it, although she doesn't do it anymore, but I feel like real estate's such a passion of mine. Um, but we're happy that you're doing what you're doing. And really, I think you have this, you know, part of what you do is you help people get through the, the, the mind traps and this, you know, the false stories oh, and all of that. And you have such a positive outlook on life. I think that's the other reason why I love hanging out with you is that I feel like you're so such an optimist. You really see things as not um, challenges, but as opportunities. Like, yes, here is maybe the hurdle, but here's how you get over it. And how fun can it be? And that's kind of, you know, <laughs> what it's like working with you and chatting with you. That I think is not something you can always learn. I think that sometimes is how you're almost brought into the world. Do you feel like so you have, have always I had have. this perspective on life? Okay, so I'm so glad you brought this up because this is this is kind of funny. So you would ask me where I got the background for marketing and mindset. I was like, okay, this is the marketing, right? I went to school, then I you know applied it in business for some years, and then I just kind of geeked out on podcasts and started implementing for my own business. The mindset came before I started my business. I really was such a confident person. You put me in any room, and I I really owe a lot of that to think to my parents and how they raised me and. Uh, you know, put me in any room I could talk to people. I always felt confident, right? But there was something about starting my own business. And I think it just took myself so far outside of my comfort zone that it started bringing up all these, like I say, inner mean girl thoughts, right? Like I just started having all this self-doubt and insecurity. I'm like, where did this come from? Like, I am a confident person. And I really had to dig into the mindset side of things to actually implement. So I was you know, hiring coaches and taking courses and reading books and just like, I need to figure this out because if I don't get out of my own way, I'm never going to be able to grow this thing. And it was really a, an evolution there. Now, the funny thing is I took the Strengths Finder. Gallup Strengths Finder is, is a test you can take. I think it's like $19. And I took it online and it tells you your top five strengths. My number one strength, which ironically, when I saw this, I was like, what? This is like not even a good strength. My number one strength is positivity. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, what? That's not even a strength. Because I take it so for granted, yeah. right? It's such a part of me. But my realization was if my number one strength is positivity, and here I am struggling with mindset, this is something that everyone is struggling with. They're just not talking about it. And I realized if I could layer that into the work that I was doing, and helping my clients with like, okay, I'm giving you these strategies, but let's like, let's also talk about the emotions involved here. Mm -hmm. 
I joke that's when they actually started implementing. But it was just such a key part of the process. And it was really more of a like I was such a student to it that I just started bringing my clients in on that conversation, too. I called it. It's, uh, it's, I guess I'm not the only one who's recognized this. A, a plain old test figured it out too. Yes. Oh my goodness. And now I joke about it all the time because I'm like, how I'm like, oh, that's the worst, right? Positivity. No, <laughs> no, but we do take it for granted. We totally I think take it for granted. we do, we do. Oh, but let's, let's shift gears to money a little bit more. We, I love that insight you had about, you know, putting more money into the growing the business versus childcare. It's a better tax write off. It's just more in harmony with what you want out of life. Perfect. What would you say is your outset, your financial outset in general? Like what is your perspective on money? When you think about money, how do you, how does it make you feel? What is a philosophy that you, that you have perhaps? So I have had to do a lot of work around money mindset because what was really ingrained in me was that we have to work hard to make money. And there's so much pride in in my family and our family history. I mean, we have... Um, so many entrepreneurs in my family. My my great grandma had her own catering business. My grandma had had a convenience store kind of kind of place, little grocery store, and and my dad with his business. And we just had a family of entrepreneurs. Actually, my grandparents had a hotel. So there's just a lot of business owners in the family. But there's always a sense of pride attached to how hard we were working, right? Right. And it, it feels like it almost feels funny to even say that, right? Because it's like, well, there should be, right? But here is I'm trying to create this life where I, I do have space for my family and for the business. It was really hard to unravel that and say like, okay, well, I don't have to always be working twice as hard to make twice as much. And that's mm-hmm. something I've had to do a lot of personal development around. So I've really been working on my relationship with money. And I credit Jen Sincero a lot to to thinking of money as a person and personifying it. And when I catch myself saying something um, negative about money or having a negative thought about money to actually turn money into a person, like would I say that to a person? (laughs) But it actually helps me, um, you know, it, it helps me get perspective on those like really subtle thoughts you can have sometimes about money. Yeah, money is a living, breathing thing kind of energy, right? So if we have negative energy energy attached to it, then then we're going to have negative energy attached to it. But if we're able to have that positive relationship with it, then I think that just keeps growing. Yeah. And you mentioned Jen Sincero. She's the author of You Are a Badass at Making Money. And she was on this show, uh, I forget what episode number, but it was in April of 2017. If you want to go back in the archives and look her up. She's uh, got a new book coming out in the spring too. So She's hot to trot on the on a, a lot of things, not just money, but her first book was called You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. So she's uh, got a lot of territory covered. You are good that you just like whipped that right Oh, yeah. Up. I'm on the internet. <laughs> it's called the internet. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> and I never know if, I, if I'm allowed to say the name of her book on a podcast, if you have like what the rating is or whatever. So, so yeah. thank you. Yeah. Well, um, what would you say was your biggest money mistake? Oh, gosh. Where do I, where do I even begin? Oh, there's a whole volume. Okay. <laughs> Volume one, volume two. I mean, early on, I really, um, I mean, early on before I had a business, I just didn't understand credit at all. And I actually thought I had a, a credit card 
you know, it was when I like used to shop at Express or something when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, do you want a credit card? I'm like, sure. And I had never had a credit card before. And, and so I get the credit card. And I think it had like a $300 limit or something. But for some reason, because I really had never been exposed to credit at all, I thought it was 300 a month. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what I thought. <laughs> Oh, got it. Because you're such an optimist. You're such a positive person. You get 300 a month. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and so, and so I had, I had spent the 300 and then I, the next month I was like, oh, I just thought I got another 300. And they're like, yeah, no, that's not how this works. (laughs) Okay. I have to really learn a lot about this. So that was like early on, I had to make some mistakes the hard way, but with my business, I've really had to kind of grow into myself of like, it's easy to, in the beginning, it was easy to just reinvest everything back in the business. And so finding that balance of, okay, I want to be profitable, mm-hmm. but I also want to grow and finding that balance of, okay, I can grow without reinvesting all of the money and I can profit while still growing too. So finding that happy medium has probably been my biggest challenge in the beginning, but accomplishment now where I feel like, okay, I'm investing a healthy amount, but I am, I'm committed to paying myself every single week. And that feels really good. That's important. Yeah. Remembering to pay yourself. Well, it's okay that you had a bad beginning with credit. I mean, that's unfortunately how a lot of us learn about credit is we have to make a mistake or two. Um, And uh, better that that happens early on in life. Our sponsor is actually Chase. And uh, I'm a financial ambassador for Chase. And we want to know from you and all of our guests this month, what is your number one financial goal in 2019? My financial goal for 2019 is to have a business savings account and to really grow that. So I started it off this year. I've got $1,000 in it now. <laughs> but my goal is to really grow that because I have been making some some more hiring decisions. And I realized that if I had that business savings, that's going to give me more confidence to be able to grow the team throughout the year and in years to come. And that isn't something that had been on my radar just yet. So that is my resolution for the year to build up that business savings. I kicked off January, putting some money in it and to just stay committed to growing that. So when we need the money, we have have it there. Great. And compartmentalizing and labeling and putting things in different buckets is such a good psychological practice too. Like it really just, it almost helps to see what you have as opposed to guessing like, oh, can we afford, like, well, the money's there or it isn't. And that's how you decide whether to make a, a move or not. And I'm a chase girl too. I'm not an ambassador, but I am a, a customer. <laughs> <laughs> not an ambassador yet. Yet. <laughs> but Put I that on the vision customer. board. Yeah. And yeah, no, I went right into the office. They set me up with a new account. And yeah, no, it felt really good. Awesome. All right. Let's talk about your number one money habit. Something that you do you know, regularly, maybe it's not every day or every week, but you make a conscious effort to do this with your money. For me, it's to really look at it and to log into the accounts and look at it, which is so simple. But what I found in the past is kind of like 
kind of like the scale. Uh, if I don't, if I don't step on it for too long, or if I don't look at the mm-hmm. accounts for too long, I'm too disconnected from it. And that's when things tend to get out of control. And I don't realize, oh, I have been spending a lot there. Oh, all those little things do add up or, or even just, you know, where the money is going. So to really just pay more attention to it and, and to build that healthier relationship with money has been like, that's the habit that has helped me create the better relationship. Yes. You know, it's funny. Well, it's not really funny. It's kind of scary. I've had some guests on this show that will say things like, I'm really good at making money. I'm terrible at managing it. So I I offload that responsibility to my spouse or my business partner. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, that's probably a falsehood. But, uh, you know, do you at least know how much money you have in the bank? Oh, no, I can't even like log into my account. Like I would freak out if I had to look into my bank account. And I was like, no, 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 that's that is not actually a true thing. Like you would not lose your bearings just because you (laughs) logged into your Chase account. Like you have to know these numbers and you are as good at making money as you are at managing it. You're just not you're just choosing not to believe that. I relate to that though. I have been there before and the fear of looking and there was like a comfort in the like, you know, I'm just going to plug my ears and close my eyes and like and sing really loudly and just not pay attention to it. And that's not what helps, right? Or or even falling back on old sayings of, oh, I'm not, I'm not a money person or I'm not a a math person going back to school days. Um, And so I would, would find myself seeing these. And as I dug into the mindset work, I realized, gosh, I have a lot of limiting beliefs here and a lot of stories that are not supporting me and becoming the business owner that I want to be to be able to grow this business. So even just starting with like, okay, well, how could I, you know, what are the simple things? How can I create habits that are going to help me rewrite these stories? Because that I've, I have been there and I relate to those guests that you've interviewed because mm-hmm. I've totally been that person of just the, the fear and the fear of both not having the money there, but also the responsibility that comes with having a lot of money too. Right. And, and being on both sides of that of like, okay. And, um, you know, sometimes there's comfort and like, you know, you don't even realize it, but it's like, oh, I'm spending a lot because you just don't want to like deal with it almost. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a weird lot. We could, all the money mindset things. I feel like I've been through all of them. (laughs) Well, on your show, go to gal, you relaunched it and you're looking to bring more of these, these, uh, these stories to surface, these, these issues that particularly women entrepreneurs have these, uh, mind traps and limiting beliefs. And, um, you've probably done a few interviews already that have yet to air. I've been on your show. It's going to air soon. Um, what is coming up a, a lot and what do you anticipate will be some of the hotter topics? Well, two of, so in the interviews that I'm doing and with us, we just like dove into podcast right. stuff, but with interviews that I'm doing, two of the questions that I'm asking are, what are the mindset shifts you've had to make to get where you are? Or what is one mindset shift you had to make to get where you are? And, and what's a key relationship or two that have helped you get there? Because as much as we could talk about marketing and all of the tactics and all of the things, what I found is the relationships and the mindset have such a big impact on where people are able to to go in life and in businesses. But even I'm going to say even in careers, right? Even if you don't have a business, the way you think about yourself and and where you want to go in your career, and same thing with with the relationships. Who are who do you know, and and how are you helping them, and and how can they eventually maybe help you, right? And those things aren't talked about a lot. So I'm excited to be asking those questions to kind of show people behind the scenes as people are out there growing 
selling personal brands, whether that is for a business or a career or what have you, that's the stuff that you can't, you can't see, right? You can't Google that. That's all behind the scenes stuff that's, that's making the magic pull together. It's so true. And it's really nice to know that even in this age with so much digital connection and it, it can feel kind of impersonal, that there is a lot still to be, um, to be had and to be, um, to, to benefit from the in-person or even yeah. like, how do you relate to people online in a way that's authentic and true and can turn into an actual relationship? Exactly. Just because you're building a business online does not mean that there are not still humans involved, right? And, right. and I think that building those relationships is one of the the best shortcuts you could take, if you will. All right, Miss Malone, let's do some so many fill in the blanks. This is when I start a sentence and then you just finish it. All right. All right. If I won the lottery tomorrow, the first thing I would do is scream. <laughs> <laughs> That's honest. That's true. Yes. Let me just tell you what I would do. But honestly, I would hire an expert. I really would because I... I don't know what I would do. And there's so many things that I would want to do to grow my business and to give back and to help people. But I would definitely hire an expert to guide me on that. I would definitely not go at it alone. Cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll help you. Okay. I'll <laughs> hire a you. Cut. Yeah. I'll take a little <laughs> off the top. All uh, right. One thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is. Ooh, that that you don't have to work hard to make money and that time does not have to equal money. Mm -hmm. It's true. I think that's kind of a modern message that people are really accepting without guilt like you have. You know, yeah. I think I kind of grew up with that too. Um, you know, I, also, I think you learn it in school. You know, you, you work hard for the extra credit to get the A and A for effort. You know, it's that mentality that then you know, kind of leaks into your financial life and your career. And that's, I think can be, it doesn't have to be that way. Like you say. Yes. All right. One thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better. And you can't say childcare or like an assistant because we've kind of already covered that, but is there something oh, else? I was going to say my team um, because I, they definitely make my life easier. But I would say we have, um, we, we do get our house cleaned every other week. And not only does that take that off of me from having to do it, but it also, and I say it jokingly, but I, I very much do believe it. It like saves my marriage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just yeah. interviewed um, uh, uh, Gemma Hartley, who's the author of the book Fed Up. And it's all about emotional labor. So it's, you know, in every household, in many households, it's not just like doing the dishes and cleaning. And yes, that's a lot of time and painstaking effort, but it's also the women are often at the, at the forefront and take on the brunt of the mental work of planning and thinking ahead. And, you know, we have people coming over in, um, tomorrow and like, what are we going to, what are we going to serve them? How are we going to like, what's the, you know, all of the things like we have to take our kids to the doctors, like remembering to do all the things it's, there's a lot of mental work, mental capacity yes. that then drains you emotionally and mentally, not just physically. Plus there's the physical too. So, you know, the book really does a phenomenal job of, um, offering advice, but also going into these households all over the country where this, this is the issue and that, you know, how they've rectified it. 
and the author dealt with it herself. I thought, I think it's such a timely piece. Housework mm. is like the last battle but frontier you know it's it's like one of those things that no matter how much equality is in your marriage in your partnership i feel like there's always going to be an imbalance of who does what and it can brew resentment it can brew um anger and you know really important to have the the communication skills and the strategy to work that out because it can really like you say like hurt your marriage Absolutely. So that has been, and now we don't have to talk about those things anymore, right? So it's been such a blessing. Yeah, it's off and I, the and table. I, I would love to, I would love to move that to even more frequently. That's another goal. Yeah. Yes. For a while, I had a house cleaner every week because we had just moved, and um, there was a lot of dust everywhere, and it was going to take like a long time to get dust free. But then my dream is twice a week, which sounds yeah. really extravagant, but not necessarily just to clean, but to have someone do laundry and mm-hmm. put it away and all um, that. This one woman I read her, it was an article on Medium about a breadwinning woman. I think actually she's been on this podcast. Um, and she, she's like, guys, it's a lot of outsourcing to be a female breadwinner. And do, we have three kids, I think she said, but she has someone who comes to her house every day because are you talking about Denise Duffield Thomas? Yes, Denise Duffield Thomas. <laughs> oh my gosh, that and article. My husband's, my husband's you have to link to the article, the article in the show notes. It is so good. My husband forwarded me the article and he was like, every day? Every day someone comes <laughs> in your house? I'm like, well, you, there are things to do. I, I could definitely fill that person's to-do list with like errands and laundry and cooking and grocery shopping. Um, Amazon orders, you know, there's definitely things to do. And they have three kids, probably a pet or two. So you can imagine the, you know, the chaos. Oh, yeah. All right. Last but not least, I'm Jacqueline Malone. I'm so money because? Because I help other people be so money. Yeah, girl. <laughs> yes. All the go-to gals. Go-to gals, um, rise up. This is your year. And stick with Jacqueline. She'll she'll get you there. Thank you so much for coming on here. And... Uh, um, you know, I was joking before we were live that like I we've worked so closely together. We've met obviously many times, but I didn't I didn't know a lot about this stuff. This was fun. So this, this was an was opportunity for me to learn about. about your background and your money mindset and all that stuff. That's so important. Thank you for sharing and congrats on the relaunch of GoToGal. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks to Jacqueline for joining us. Her website is JacquelineMalone.com. That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-M-E-L-L-O-N-E.com. Her podcast is The Go-To Gal Podcast on iTunes. And for our podcast program, to learn more, check out somoneypodcast.com and click on Launch or Grow Your Podcast button on the right. Fill out the application. Make sure to tell us that you heard about it on this show. We'll be sure to give you a nice deal. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I hope your day is so money. So money.